0: Welcome to the Light Post Podcast, where we use God's word to bring light to matters that affect believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am Minister Joseph Parker, and today I want to bring attention to an important future event. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, sits on the right hand of God the Father. This happened after he left his disciples and ascended to heaven. Yet the Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus is coming back. It will be one of the greatest events to take place in the world. As believers, we should look forward to his return with hopeful expectation. We do not know when, but the Bible instructs us that he will return. Today, our topic is how to live in the last days. The scriptures tell us what precedes the Lord's return. This is revealed so we who believe can be ready. Let us go to Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 9. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than love God. They act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to come to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth, just as Janice and Jambres oppose Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday, everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janice and Jambres. The days leading to the Lord's second coming will be marked with great difficulty. It will be this way because there will be rampant wickedness. In fact, this is how the world is today. People are self-absorbed, greedy, arrogant, disrespectful to God, rebellious toward parents, ungrateful, perverse, hateful, unmerciful, disloyal, and more. Followers of Christ must stand strong in the face of such evil things. No matter how dark it gets we must not let it dim our light. Keep in mind what believers have to keep strong during the last days. Listen to what God tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 14 to verse 17. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Followers of Christ will remain strong in these last days with the word of God. Do not neglect the teachings from the Bible. You cannot stumble in the darkness if you follow the light. If you stand on God's word, you will not stumble. It must be a daily decision for every believer. It will be challenging because there will be intense opposition that comes from the flesh, that is the sinful nature, and the evil world system, and the devil. The Bible gives us a story that is a good object lesson for living in the last days. We find the story in Daniel chapter 3, starting at verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bow to the ground and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Let me stop here to... Break something down here. The world is kind of like how King Nebuchadnezzar was. He was pressuring the people during that time to yield to him. And it's like that in the world we live in today. There's going to be pressure from the evil world system to make people submit to it, to bow down in a sense. Granted, you might not be required to prostrate, but in a manner of speaking, you will be compelled to do that. That's the pressure Has not That pressure has not changed since ancient times. That's that same spirit that was in Nebuchadnezzar is in this world today. It's important for us to learn from the lesson from this story. So listen carefully to the further details I go over. We're going to go to how some godly men responded to this. And I know we know this story, but I want to reinforce it so we can apply it to our own life. Because who knows, you may find yourself in a similar situation. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then King Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up. I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what god will be able to rescue you from my power? So these godly men, Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego, were given an ultimatum. Basically, bow down or die. Isn't that interesting? Bow down, yield to the evil world system. Yield to my authority, not to the one above all, or you will be put to death. You'll be subject to the fire. And in this world today, we deal with a similar situation. There is that pressure to bow down to sin, to yield to the ungodly influences of this world, to to compromise, to just let them be, to just go along to get along. But let's learn, let's listen to what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they responded. And let it be something that we apply to our own life, their response. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high god, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. And the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. And the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. For you and me to live in the last days, we must be prepared to stand for righteousness. Just as those godly men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, stood against hostility in their time, we must do the same in our time. Granted, we may not have to face such extremes, but who knows? It could be your livelihood. It could be acceptance from friends and family members. However it comes, stand strong in him, the Lord. There will be pressure, but we will not be alone in bearing it. If you take your stand, if you bear it, if you endure it, the pressure the hardship, the persecution. You know what the Bible says? It says, blessed are you. It says, blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. So know this, that you are blessed if you face persecution and you will not be alone. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not alone. There will be pressure, but you will not be alone in bearing it. I nor you, if we choose to bear it, it's a choice we have to make. You have to, It won't just happen based on a feeling. There might be a feeling too, to just give in. There may be that terror that comes upon you, that tension. But if you choose to bear it, blessed are you, and the Lord will be with you. We have God's grace to empower us. Listen to how grace helps the believer practically in Titus chapter two, verse eleven to verse fourteen. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. The Lord has foretold that it will intensify. The scriptures I've just read have let us know that in the last days, it's going to get crazy out there. So we need to be ready, mentally prepared, spiritually prepared, physically prepared. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to allow ourselves to get unsettled, discouraged, we need to stand strong in the Lord. Take note of the grace points for living in the last days. And I just, I took these from what I just read in Titus 2, verse 11, verse 14. Listen to these and let them be practical steps for you. As I allow them to be that, so, that way for me as well. You know, take note of the grace points for living in the last days. Please listen carefully. I believe it'll really bless you. Okay. First grace point. Say no to ungodly behavior. When you're tempted to go along with the culture, when you're tempted to give into that temptation, that sin, because everybody else is doing it. Granted, it might be everybody in your family. It might be everybody in your group. Maybe everybody at work. Choose to just say no. Just say no. Reject it. And you don't have to do it in an ungodly way. You don't have to do it in a, in a conceited way, in a, like, a prideful way. You can do it in a humbly humble way, saying, that goes against God's word. I'm not going to do it. But that's one practical step. One, one good grace, grace point for living in the last days is to choose to say no to unrighteousness, to ungodliness. Second grace point. Live in this fallen world wisely, doing what is right according to God's word, and remain faithful to God. I'll read that again. Live in this fallen world wisely. We do live in a fallen world, a world that's opposed to God, an evil world system. But you can can be wise. It's a decision you have to make to be wise. We have the wisdom that comes from God's Holy Spirit to guide us. Live in this fallen world wisely, doing what is right. And when I say do what is right, that's not according to what the culture or the government says what's right. Because not everything that's legal is moral. We need to go to the word of God to determine what's right. That's our standard, the word of God. So doing what is right according to God's word. And remain faithful to God. Endure to the end. Choose to remain obedient, even when you don't feel like it. Even when maybe you don't have anyone else there to encourage you. Maybe there's not a brother just in Christ there. Maybe you're surrounded by people that are opposed to God's truth. Remain faithful. You're being tested. And if you stand the test, if you endure you will not lose your reward. Final grace point for living in the last days. Look forward and hope for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we experience the, the tensions of the last days, hearing about great evil and wickedness, the, the increase of d- demonic activity, look forward in expectation in hopeful expectation. The Lord is coming. Granted, the Antichrist spirit will be at work in a greater measure. It already is at work, but it will increase even more as we we go further into the last days. Look forward. Just keep your head up. Look forward to the Lord's coming. Remind yourself, Maranatha, our Lord come. Remind yourself of that. Let me go over these grace points one more time for living in the last days. Number one, say no to ungodly behavior. Number two, live in this fallen world wisely, doing what is right according to God's word, and remain faithful to God. Grace point three, look forward in hope for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Whether you remain until the Lord returns or you transition, you can be ready for either event in your life. Do not get caught up in the world, but stand strong in him. He is with you. Let him work in you so you can effectively live in the last days. Heavenly Father, we magnify and praise your name. Lord, you are good, your mercy everlasting, your truth endures into all generations. We come boldly for your throne of grace and want to magnify you for being whom you are. You are El Shaddai, the Almighty God, who is all-sufficient, able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. Forgive us, Father, for the ways we displeased you. Lord, we don't get it right sometimes. Sometimes we get caught up in sin and thought word, indeed. But you said in your word, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness, creating a pure heart, O God, and renewing us a right spirit. Thank you for blessing us in so many different ways. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and grace. Thank you that our cup runs over with so many good things. Thank you that we have everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of your Son. You have supplied our, our needs according to riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you for all manner of provision, food, eat, clothes to wear, shelter. Thank you for the spiritual blessings, Father, that sustain us like your word, which is lent to our feet and light to our path. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, the helper you sent to guide us to all truth. And above all, thank you for loving us so much. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay for our sins. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to riches of your grace. Father God, we are going through the last days. We're dealing with the birth pangs even now. And I pray, Father, that we as your servants, as your children, as fellow believers, help us to stand strong as your children for you. Help us, Father, to live effectively in these last days. Lord, we know not the day or the hour when he returns, when your son returns. We know that a time will come. But we know, Lord, while in the meantime, there's much for us to do. Help us to stand strong. Do what you have called us to do, Lord God, walking in the spirit. Lord, help us to yield to you continually. When it does get intense, when there is a pressure to yield to the ungodly culture of this fallen world, help us, Father, to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Help us, Father, to stand to stand when everyone else wants to bow. May our legs not get weak. May our knees not quake. May we remember that you are with us when we take our stand for you, when we don't yield. I pray, Father, if there's anyone that's listening in, they're dealing with persecution right now. Maybe it's with family. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's just some relationship that means a lot to them. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen that brother or sister in Christ. Strengthen them and keep them, Lord God. And help them to be a bright, shining witness as you called us all to be. Help us to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh, Father God. Help us do what we can to help share the gospel. Because as, as things increase, Father, as things intensify, so many will, will be receptive to the gospel. So help us, Father, to let your spirit speak through us to convey the gospel to those around us. May we not hide our light under a bushel, Father, but may our light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify you in heaven. Father, bless my brothers and sisters in Christ. Indeed, enlarge their territory. May your hand be upon them, keeping them from evil, so not cause them pain. May our strength equal our days, and our days be long and prosperous. Now, with the words of our mouth, meditation of our heart, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Light Post Podcast, a ministry of the Guiding Light Church. For other messages and resources, connect with us online at GuidingLight.org, Guiding Light Church on Facebook, or Guiding Light Church TV on YouTube.